You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio. And it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. For the union makes us It is Saturday, June 13th, 2020, and my name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. We are broadcasting live online and on the radio in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. Today we'll be talking to two registered nurses from St. Mary's Hospital in Pennsylvania. They just won their union election, and they'll be talking to us about what it's like organizing a union today and why it's so important. Later, we'll be trying to tackle some common myths about unions, and we'll be taking your calls. All this and more on today's Valley Labor Report. So like I said, uh, we'll be talking to, uh, we've got two nurses on the line from, uh, uh, from Pennsylvania. We've got Joe Gentile. He's a critical care nurse. He's been a critical care nurse for over 40 years, and he's worked at St. Mary's for more than 30 Bill Engel is an RN. He's been an RN for more than 24 years, and he was a Navy veteran in the hospital corpsman. Folks, we're really so much for joining us. And um, so if you could, we read that you won your election on August 24th of last year. Uh, we're really happy uh, about it. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so hello, Alabama, and good morning from Pennsylvania, the great Northeast here. So, yeah, we had um, uh, a wonderful hospital. It went from a small community hospital to a great major medical center in our area. And what happened was, about four years ago, we were taken over by Trinity Healthcare. It was at that time that the degradation and dissolving of all the good things that we built up over these many years started to happen. And people started to notice, specifically nurses, that not only staff, nurses and physicians, were leaving, they were being um, put upon, uh, supplies were disappearing, supplies were being less than what we had had. See, we had built up such a good reputation, and now that all started to insidiously dissolve. And it, it really culminated with two of our really good ICU nurses being fired over process and not really over character or how, what phenomenal nurses they were. And this really upset us. We were already on edge because we saw our shared governance model, the magnet model, our shared governance model being dissolved into more of an autocratic thing. And we said, wait a minute, wait a minute. As nurses, as experienced nurses, as more mature nurses, something's amiss here, something's wrong. And that's what started our trek to say, we are losing our voice. We did sit with the administration for a year and a half our CEO, our CMO, our CFO, and our CNOs, several of them because they were fired frequently, and our directors, and said, hey, let us help. We're on the front line. We're nurses. We know what the solutions are. We know what the problems are. Let us help you. We don't need a union. We don't need anybody else to come into our home and help us. Let us tell you, Trinity, 
how we've done this for many, many years and how we can forge ahead, you know, together for the future. And for about a year and a half, they listened to us. They took that information. They stabbed us in the back and they tried to get um, a ton of us disciplined and our fire because they didn't want to hear nurses having a voice. So we tried to not do it with the union. Thank God for the union. A couple of our ICU nurses reached out to the union and said, we need help. Um, and when I heard that, I coupled with them and said, okay, let's, let's hear what they have to say. And I had the first three or four meetings in my backyard on the patio with them. And then we had several meetings in my own home in, within, in the next three or four months, um, gathering more and more people, finding out what the union was all about. As a conservative Christian constitutionalist, white gentleman, old grandpa, I did not want a union. But I'm telling you, God bless Taznap. They gave us a voice, and they collated all the things that we were trying to do and gave us a form of where we could take back the hospital of ours that was being disintegrated in front of our eyes that we built, and we labored so hard to get such a great reputation as nurses. Right. That You know, and that's... Um, that's something that is very common that folks outside of the labor movement, they don't really recognize as much. They think that unions are just like, it's just about getting people raises or it's just about um, winning these narrow benefits on the job. But it's really, for a lot of people that are in unions, that is is a secondary or even a tertiary concern. The biggest concern that a lot of people have is I want to have a voice on my job. I've been doing this, like I said it, it, when, I, when I introduced you, you've been doing this for 40 years. You know you know how to do your job and you've got this big, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation coming in. None of these people have ever stepped foot in an emergency room floor or anything like that and they're trying to tell you how to do your job and you know how to do your job. And that you tried to tell them they wouldn't listen, and the only way you could make them listen is through having a union. Yes, that's correct. I mean, you know, the biggest thing with us nurses was, um, <clears throat> and they were doing all the cutbacks, it starts to put the patient's safety uh, in jeopardy. And as nurses, you know, our first calling in the medical field is, you know, do no harm. And we always call them the suits. <clears throat> because, you know, they sit in their offices and they count numbers and all those things. But to us, it's much more. I mean, you know, it's a, you know, it's a way of life. And, you know, um, I joined after the fact. I mean, Joe and others were involved in the genesis of the movement at the hospital. And I joined about three or four months into it, realizing all the cuts and how it was making our jobs harder. But not only that, it was putting a patient safety that was the biggest thing with us was the patient safety you know these are people that in our community that we know that we walk with that we see at the stores that we see in the parks you know people that we know our loved ones go there we go there and you know that was what brought us with the union and they showed us the ability to you know give us a voice you know give us the power back to give the care that we really really want to give Right. Can you talk a little, you, you mentioned patient, patient safety. Can you talk specifically about some of the things that the, uh, the new administration in, in the hospital were doing that were undermining patient safety and, and 
um, subsequently y'all y'all are fighting against with the union and and as nurses. Um, what, what are some of the things that they did that undermined patient safety, and, and how are y'all uh, fighting back against that? Well, I mean, one thing was every day, you know, they had a choice to make once a new administration came in. They could leave it alone, take away, or add to it. And they were cutting back the ancillary people, like you put the supplies on the floor. So if we needed something in a, a quick moment, we would go to the supply room and it wouldn't be there. Um, you know, cutting back on ancillary staff, making us have to do many more things instead of just concentrating on patient care. Um, cutting back, you know, um, adding to the number of patients that each nurse has, which doesn't allow you to keep a closer eye on some that we need to. Um, Joe, do you want to? Yeah, Bill, you hit on it right on. Yeah, you hit on it, Bill. It was really what staffing and supply. They started cutting staffing and supplies and then saying, well, we're not going to rehire once we lost nurses. Uh, we're not. And, and those who we are, are going to rehire, we're going to, we, our wages were 15 years behind every other uh, hospital in our area's wages. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't attract or retain good nurses. They come out of school, they come to St. Mary's, they stay for two years and they leave. So the staffing, Bill said it very easily. It was safety and staffing. Staffing was being slashed and cut. Um, uh, bonuses or, or uh, accreditations and stuff that nurses were getting, they were being cut and slashed too. So if you had the certification like your CPRN, um, we were getting some money for that before. Now they're cutting and slashing that, taking away education days. So what it was, it was a real destination of the nursing department and cutting away directors and managers and combining units. So we were having less representation from our managers and we were having the staffing issues were dramatic. Not on my area, where I was at, but in the house-wide area. And I think this is what was so important about it. Um, the union gave us the ability to get out of our own silos and see what was happening in the rest of the hospital and how devastating our emergency department was being with staffing or our critical care area. And so it was really interesting to see, oh my gosh, we thought it was bad in my unit. It's 100 times worse than another unit. So that understanding is what really galvanized us to say, it's unsafe, it's unsafe because of staffing and supplies. We've got to change it. Right. Um, so, Bill, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned that you were a convert, so to speak. That you were not <laughs> you were not on board from the beginning of, of the uh, of the union movement at this hospital. And so, obviously, you know there was a reason that, that you weren't on board at the beginning. So, could could you? So, you, you know, um, you were kind of in the anti-union campaign, so to speak, at the beginning of it. So, can can you speak to some of the concerns that you had as somebody who was not for the union and um, what have uh, uh, what have you seen since then as as far as um, any of those have any of those concerns come to fruition or were any of them valid or, or and if not what was it that showed you that that your concerns were not really um, were not really warranted Concerns in what regard? I'm sorry? Concerns in what regard? Uh, in what in regards regard- to what? Uh, just generally speaking, like why why were you against the union at the beginning of, of the campaign oh, okay. and what 
what brought you over? I wasn't necessarily against the union in the beginning. See, now we tried to unionize about three years prior when Trinity first came on board, and I was always kind of like Joe. You know, we didn't need a union. I just thought it was part of the process of going from being a local hospital to becoming part of a broader nationwide system that Trinity is. But then, uh, you know, I figured, okay, we'll give it two or three years. And like I said earlier, you know, as time went along, they just kept cutting. Like Joe said, you know, they cut directors, they cut staff, they didn't rehire nurses, and they just kept taking, taking, taking. And we, we live in a very affluent area, and we have a lot of private insurers. So we make a lot, a lot of money at our hospital. We're one of the lucky hospitals because of where we're located. And it was just, I just couldn't take it anymore because, you know, I work up on the floors. I work on a med surge telemetry floor. And, you know, on the weekends and on nights, you know, we were just so short-staffed. It was just putting things just very, it was just making things dangerous. So, you know, as I saw this happen over, you know, two or three years and the union came back around again, I was like, I got to be on board now because, you know, I gave them a chance to show their worth, so to speak, and it didn't happen. Right. All right, uh, we're coming up on a break. We're going to be uh, talking to the nurses after the break um, about their election, what what happened in the lead up to it, and um, and winning it subsequently. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machines. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, health care, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense. If you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256 286 3704. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask, Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of hearing that the South is... Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the proletariat, y'all. WVNN. 
Union Hospital that just won their union election, Joe Gentile and Bill Engel. Between the two of them, more than 60 years of nursing experience. Thank you so much the, um, about the actual union campaign. What were some of the obstacles that y'all... I guess I could start out with that. I mean, well, first thing they did was they hired what's called union busters. And uh, they picked a group called Brent Yeston and Associates from Tampa, Florida. And they're hired by corporations to come in and they spend millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars <clears throat> to muddy lines. And um, what the union busters do is they try to blur the lines. They try to get you not to believe in the rights that you have. Like each place of employment has solicitation policies. And believe it or not, the more you are out front with what you want to do as far as a union, the more the protections you have um, to be able to talk to people and work, to be able to, you know, um, gather on the grounds. I mean, you know, they called the police on us in the garage when we were there talking with employees. And, you know, the police weren't used to dealing with unions, so they didn't know that we had a legal right to be there. ULP, an unfair labor practice against the hospital, and we won. And um, I sent that to you earlier, Jacob, um, and they had to post it in the hospital saying, you know, all the things that, you know, they will not do to us. And it was all based upon all the different tactics that they did. Joe has some personal stories he can share with you in that regard, Joe. Sure. So what happened was, for 30 years, um, many of us were heroes in the hospital. Many of us were well-respected and honored. And when Trinity took over and we started to see the degradation of all that, we started talking about unions. And within days, we went from heroes to villains. And they vilified us. They literally sent out uh, flyers with uh, pictures of us um, defaming and slandering our character. Wow. They wanted to incite us so that we would either try to sue them or get all crazy in the head about us so that we wouldn't continue this fight. I'm telling you, it was diabolical. It was wicked and evil. Um, they hired these lawyers to do that, and they, get, they really, really tried to destroy our character. But for people who know us in our community and in our hospital family, 600, 800 nurse, nurses, they realized this isn't right. So everything they tried to do to us to tear us down actually backfired on them because people knew who we were and what our character was. And all I say to nurses who are trying to do this, stay the course, it's going to be a wicked and evil fight. You can go from hero to villain in a minute. Um, and, and we're caregivers. We're not truly fighters, we're caregivers. And so they're gonna work on your sympathies. They're going to try to get inside your head and twist things so that you don't even know what ends up, is, is, is up right. And they're going to, try to get into your soul and say, what you're doing is wrong, you gotta stop. But we, as nurses, we didn't know our rights. I didn't know my rights. And at one point, like Bill said, they, I, I, I told them, if you want me to leave this place, because this is my federal right to organize and to talk to my fellow nurses as they come out and go into shift, um, you're gonna have to move me, because I'm not moving. And I'm a 63-year-old guy, I'm like, and I'm a small guy. I'm like, you're gonna have to move me, and I'm thinking, I don't see this is coming out of my mouth. Um, and then, they came out and they tried, but they didn't want to touch me. Then I said, look, just call the cops if you're that chicken. So they did. Three policemen came up and then 
It was kind of crazy. Um, I talked to the police officers. I know them. I knew one of them. Wow. And I said, guys, this is my federal right. You better check the law. And they said, yeah, yeah, well, but wait. Because they didn't know it, right? But this is what they're going to do. The fight is going to get ugly and, and diabolical. Stay the course because your federal rights are protected. Correct. And they will try and divide you. But one oh, yeah. thing we found out was that, you know, like Joe had spoken earlier, you know, just the way the hospitals are set up, you're kind of siloed off. You know, nurses in the OR impact you. They don't get a chance to see nurses outside and other places. But just from us in the organizing campaign, we got to speak to each other. And we realized well, we all felt the same way, that we're all going through the same feelings. So really, the organizing campaign made us stronger as nurses with each other and more understanding. And they tried to keep dividing us, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work. Hey, it was guys. great, actually. Hey, guys. We appreciate y'all coming on. This is, uh, this is David. You know, one of the things that really bothers me is they always try to demonize the folks that are, that are organizing a union for a Democratic voice on the job, but they don't never want to look introvert, you know, introspectively and look at exactly what they're doing to the patients that's on the floors, what they're doing to the patients that's in the ER, and uh, what they're doing to the overall, uh, the overall, uh, you know, well-being of the nurses that they're employing, you know, and and that's that's the, I'm dealing with nurses right now, uh, organizing in, in Gadsden, and they come out with a, a fierce anti-union campaign, talking about the nurses are just greedy, but it's mm. the, these private these private uh, equity firms that buy up these hospitals and start cutting costs with absolutely zero respect for the patients that's coming in every day. Oh yeah, that's because they're bean counters, they're number counters, you know, right. you know, you know, those are, those are people who are just, they treat the patients like widgets, mm -hmm. like manufacturers, you know what I mean? You know, they just treat it like if there's less people on the assembly line, it doesn't matter, but these are not inanimate objects that we're dealing with. These are people who have feelings and emotions and all that stuff. So they just don't, they'll never understand it. And most of and them are paying. that's nurses need to come out and just tell their stories. Yeah, and most of them are paying real good money yeah. <laughs> to, okay. to be taken care of properly. <laughs> it's yeah. not, like the, not like the insurance companies are cutting the cost for, uh, for any of us out here paying for health insurance. Exactly right. Yeah, we're uh, we're coming up on another break. If it's all if it's all right with y'all, we'd like to bring you on for uh, uh, for one more segment. Um, we'll be talking about your contract negotiations. I'm interested in hearing how they're going and, and what's happened after the union election. Stay tuned, folks. This is the Valley Labor Report. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. Depression from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. 
Let's End the Climate Crisis by climate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machinist unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs of voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We've been serving members' needs. Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, Call or email us today at 256-286. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. And it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. For the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Co-host David Story on the line. We have two nurses from a hospital that just unionized in Pennsylvania uh, talking to us about... Um, uh, about unionizing their hospital so uh like we said y'all have won your union election y'all are officially federally recognized as a union at saint mary's hospital and you're in negotiations right now for your first contract getting what the major concerns are from the nurses are y'all sending out surveys just to walk us through what the negotiation process looks like what does it yeah just walk us through that joe yeah, so first we started out with surveys, like you said. The surveys were sent out to every nurse in every department, and those surveys tell us what the nurse's needs are, what their concerns are, what their hopes are, what their dreams are. So we said, you know, just tell me all about your experience and what you need to do your job ex- excellently, not just well or, you know, maybe even mediocre, but excellent. So then we collate those, and we get together, uh, we 20 of us now working together, and we get that information, and then we sit down um, probably three or four times a month with our hospital administration, who they picked um, to do the negotiations, and Trinity has sent a negotiator to educate us on the whole process. What it looks like, so we, we, we go with these needs, the staffing grids, um, all these different articles in our contract. We've been uh, really to St. Mary's, so it has more of a St. Mary flavor to it too. And then we sit down and then we arbitrate it. That, and you know, you and your coworkers get to write and democratically bargain on what your employment contract is. I mean, that's just so 
cool for uh, for me. And like I I think that is just amazing. Hang under. That's I think that's so cool. Um, so other it's than so American. Yeah. Right. Right. It, that's it, that's exactly right. It, it's incredible what what you think you deserve and to be able to bargain for it. Um, other than oh so, yeah. I mean, to me, that's the beauty of it. I mean, unions are the one of the last ways that affords a common man to be able to step up. Right. Because if we didn't unionize and, and group together, you know, they would pick us off one by one or two by two. But when you join together as a large coalition like we have, they come and sit at the table with you. Right. And they didn't delay part of October. Yes. <clears throat> then the holidays came. And we're almost ready to finish our contract back on March 12th. But then, you know, the, the COVID crisis hit mm-hmm. us up here. And we have just been so darn inundated. Things are lightening up here that we're going to be going actually this Thursday, the 18th. We're actually going to have a virtual bargaining session with the hospital again. You know, what's, what's always strange to me is we bargain and we have a contract for our mortgages saying what the mortgage company is responsible for what we're responsible for the same way with auto loans the same way with uh if you rent a house there's always a contract tied to it and yet so many people in america don't recognize the their ability to bargain collect uh employers have convinced everybody they can they can just come in by themselves and do it one-on-one Correct, and that's why they bring the union busters in to try and reinforce that. And it gets very, very scary because along the way you think you're going to get a whole set of protections that most people, and us included, you know, we had no idea. And that's where the, the people from PASMAP gave us the courage, the ability, and the information to know what our rights were. So other than negotiations, now that you're officially unionized, can you talk to us about how the committees are coming together and the people at the hospital, the nurses are working together in solidarity? Like, have you, have you, have you done anything else outside of negotiations? So with this whole COVID mess, we had uh, 92 patients of ours die pretty horrifically. And so we wanted to mark this and have a little prayer vigil for these 92 people of our community. And then we had several nurses who got very, very sick with COVID. And so we had them come and give testimony during the prayer vigil. And so we have, we've had our local politicians there. Prior to that, we, uh, so like, what are we going to do next? What's going to happen that we can make our community aware that we're here to, for the safety of, we even invited management. And our management team did come and they thought it was beautiful. And then at one point they sent out a little email saying, thanks for coming to our prayer vigil meeting. But um, that's what we've done. But what, what I've seen is the coalescing, is that the right word? Of all the nurses coming together, where before we might even look at being developed instead of the blame and shame culture that Trinity tried to uh, impose on us. Right. That, that yeah, when, you, when y'all were telling me about that, I think, uh, we're coming up on a break, and I know uh, we we said we only wanted to bring you on for uh, three segments, but y'all have a time for one more segment. Sure. Okay. So so just to kind of let the audience in, we we alluded to it at the beginning, but um, 
constitutionalist, a Christian conservative type person, and Bill is uh, like an ultra liberal type person. And they, but they, uh, they're able to go above their more in common than they have that divides them. And so they're able to work together and they're passionate about the union together. And they're, um, and, and so that's, I, talking about that on the other side, this is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Public schools are critical to the success of communities. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing except this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcasts. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see you all next time. 50 years of nursing experience um, uh, under their belts, uh, Joe Gentile and Bill Engel. So like I said, as we were coming up on the break, um, Bill is a more left-wing type person. Joe is a more right truly the great unifier of working people and the working class uh, in America. It doesn't matter what you're going to do in November. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what your thoughts on, like, this particular issue or that particular issue is. Like, all you've got to do to recognize that unions, uh, that, that the mob deserve more. You deserve a voice on the job. You deserve to have a say in how your workplace is run. 
That's all, that's all it is. And you can instantly make your lives and the lives of your fellow workers better. And so this, uh, Joe and Bill are just a fantastic, I'm going to give y'all the floor and, and, and if you could just flesh out your, the, the dynamic that y'all have for us, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, look, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whatever political persuasion you are, the basic person just wants to have a job, live a good life, take care of his kids, and all that. Is that, you know, it gives us a commonality. You know, I mean, you know, Joe's way different than me in political persuasions. I'm way different than him. But, you know, I've learned things from Joe, and Joe's learned things from me as well. And the right. union, you know, brought us together. We brought each other together, and we worked together to try and make things better. And, you know, like, you know, our hospital is a microcosm of society in general. We have white, black, brown, male, female. We have, a, and, you know, political persuasions are just one little aspect of somebody, you know, that, you know, really doesn't come into play that much in regards to work together and get things done and, you know, political persuasions don't come into it. What do you think, Joe? Being with Bill and all my liberal friends, which I would never have the opportunity to be with, right. it doesn't dilute or pollute what I think or feel or believe. What it does, it enhances what I think and feel and believe. I have gotten a richer, fuller, deeper brothers and sisters than I am friends. I mean, I can honestly say I, I love Bill and I love our team because we focus on the positive things, what we all have in common. As, as Americans, what we all have in common is caregivers. And it, our, 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 our conservative or liberal or political stance is a small slice of who we are. But we approach one problem from two different perspectives, and we get a way, way better answer. We get a way fuller, richer, deeper expression of what we really want to do. I've seen in this union, because I wouldn't have the opportunity to listen to them and hear what they have to say, I may or may not agree, but to listen and to move together for a truly arm in arm has been an amazing adventure. I, I gotta say, guys, that I'm speech from both of you because the one thing that that conservative and liberal t talk and TV shows constantly try to do together, and and Jacob and I both truly believe if you solve a lot of these workplace issues, I think a lot of your political issues start to melt away because most of your political issues are economic surrounding different uh, ideologies but the, the bottom line is they're economic driven generally speaking and, and through working together you're able to melt those political lines and it's, it's, it's wonderful hearing y'all speak thank you yes thank you. I mean you know political parties for that matter they try to divide us but the union and coming together for a common goal, those things just all seem to meld together. And we realize that we are not that much very different. We're all just basic people looking to have a good life, good standards and something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, like David mentioned earlier, uh, they are organizing a, a group of nurses in Alabama right now. And like he said, they're, they're being, um, brought into closet and 
And so could, could you just talk to talk directly to those folks that are uh, that are looking to have a voice on the job uh, here in Alabama? What would you say to them if you were, um, you know, you've got their ear right now. So what, what would you say to them? Sure, Don't nurses, let, listen up. Listen sure, up, sure. nurses. You're the strongest, most powerful force in the hospital today. And keep your eyes fixed on that goal and do not let go because you will transform your area. You'll transform your hospital, your area, and please God, our nation. We can do this, nurses. Don't you give up and don't listen to the lies. If it gives you a little twinge in your heart, like, whoa, that's a liar. Man, that was evil or that was nasty. That Listen to your discernment. That's right. It was nasty and it's not true. So they want to divide you and they want to destroy you. Stay together. Don't allow the divide. And you can actually walk out of that closet and say, no, thank you, sir. I don't really need to hear what you have to say. You. You know, the thing is, they don't hire these people and spend this money for no reason. They're doing it for a reason. You have to ask yourself the question, why did they bring these people in and they're not willing to speak to us directly? Once you answer that question, you have to just keep the patience and the safety at the foremost of the conversation. And don't let them change the dynamics of that. And never forget the rights that you appease to your regional labor board down there. And they don't like um, unfair labor practice acts against them. They don't like it. They actually more than you know. Those ULPs are are public record, and they, you can find them on on the National Labor Relations Board's websites. And they definitely do not like to be highlighted on those websites. Correct. Right. And that think about the fact that they're telling they're trying to tell you that they don't have enough money to pay you a better salary or to buy you the equipment that you need or to hire enough nurses for you to adequately take care of your patients, but they've got enough money to pay thousands and tens. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So thanks for coming on, folks. I, I really, I just, I Both can't. Both of us are just terribly happy yeah. to have you all on. Like, like David said, beautiful is, is just an accurate description. Thanks so much. Uh, folks, this is the Valley Labor Report. We've got a little bit more. Thanks again, Joe and Bill. Y'all have a good one. You're listening to the Valley Labor WVNN. News starts now. It is not the duty of U.S. troops to solve ancient conflicts in faraway lands that many people have never even heard of. President Trump speaking to the nearly 1,100 graduates of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point this morning. We are restoring the fundamental principles that the job of our nation from foreign enemies. Mr. Trump is rescheduling his first campaign rally in months to a day later, so it won't conflict with sight of a massacre of blacks by whites in 1921. William Sessions has died. He was a federal judge appointed by President Reagan to head the FBI in 1987. Naples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at maples.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms.
coming under attack by corporate interests that run local shops out of businesses, shutter our rural hospitals, and pollute our rivers, providing only unstable poverty wage jobs with no health insurance. We know workers and local residents understand the best solution at www.hometownaction.org. Thanks for standing with workers, supporting Valley Labor Talk. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and schools are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama students. Please take care and stay safe. The Valley Labor Report is also supported. Consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years. Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-938 that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host David Story. Um, so for the first hour of the program, we were talking, still watch it. Search the Valley Labor Report on YouTube, and, uh, and it's there. So, so there you go. Your problem solved, and, um, and you should... Uh, David and I were talking, watching that. But now, we want to do some union myth-busting. So this is going to be fun. And if you have if you have any questions about unions that, that you want to ask us, you can give us a call. 1-866-494-9866. That's 1-866-494-WBNN. Um, give us a call if you've got some questions about unions. And, and, and we'd talk to you. Right wing. Mm. I mean, just completely different spectrums of the political world. And I mean, it sounded like they were, they were really brothers. Yeah. They were truly brothers in arms yeah yeah and that's and, and and hearing them talk together about the lies they they did a little bit of union myth busting um yep. when they were on talking about the lies that the union busters that that these big multinational multi-billion dollar corporations will hire for thousands and tens and hundreds busting law firms or hire cops to break picket lines and stuff like that i mean it's don't listen to them. They are liars. They see you and your patients and your customers as numbers. And the only way that you can assert your rights, at, uh, best way to do it. So the first one that, that I wanted to tackle um, is that union dues are mandatory or compulsory. And now this is... Like, this is wrong for multiple reasons here in Alabama, um, but it, it's also wrong everywhere. It's wrong in Alabama. They, they don't know labor law. They don't know anything about Alabama labor law. Oh, they know labor law. Most and, of the time, they're just lying. Yeah, to they're you. just lying to you. Um, because it, Alabama is a right-to-work state, which means that if you even if you have a union, um, you're, the union cannot bargain for... Um, 
agency fees to be a part of the contract. Like you don't have to pay anything to the union if you are in a union workplace in Alabama. Now, if you have a union at your workplace and you don't pay your union dues, I think you're a bad person. Just <laughs> and I'll t- and I'll tell you that to your face. You should pay your union dues because your union represents you and your union fights for you and your union legally has to fight for you. So you should pay your dues, but you don't have to. Additionally, even outside of Alabama, unions cannot make you pay your union dues. Something that they can do is bargain pay an agency fee, which is always lower than union dues and can only be used to go towards representation purposes. How do you do it? They can bargain for that to be in the contract. If the employer doesn't want that to be in the contract, they can say no. And if the union doesn't have the strength to put that in the contract, then they're out of luck. There's nothing that they can do. And these decisions are made democratically. You don't have to put mandatory agency fees in the contract if, if um, outside of Alabama. And it's always reversible. You can always vote out the union. You can always um, say that, no, I don't want that to be in our contract. But that's not super relevant here in Alabama because here in Alabama, we're a right to work. Yeah, the, fa- the fact is they're, they're bargaining on your behalf. There's right. a lot of expense that people don't rec- recognize that goes into uh, into paying lost wages for your because your coworker and that's the wonderful thing about unions is your coworkers are the one contracts now to go negotiate on behalf of my employees uh, or my coworkers' employees. Good God, listen to that. <laughs> uh, so the you could be the one negotiating. And that's very expensive for the local because Mm -hmm. for us, we spend uh, generally two weeks in preparations that that the union, your dues will be paying the lost wages for those people that are going to prep for that. Then you spend another three weeks negotiating with the company. This is one, especially the engineers, engineers in the audience, you're going to hear this all the time. Professionals don't need unions all the time you're going to hear that some of y'all probably think that if you're an engineer you're uh, you're you know you're an engineer you my own contract it doesn't matter um i don't need a union and that's just that's just silly you're yeah. just silly the numbers know? are there the, i mean you're 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 always more powerful in numbers that's exactly right and you know it is more than and the the constant joke about from engineer to engineer, I work with a bunch of engineers, is, you know, managers, they don't know anything about anything. Well, you know how to, like, it's not, having a union is not always about money. It's about having a voice in the way that your workplace is, guys. You don't. Like, I would if I were you. I think everybody deserves to make more money. But um, you don't have to. It can just be about the way that your workplace is run. And that... Sick days. Sick days. I mean, days. that's that's big right now. Yeah. Vacation. That's mm-hmm. built into their salary. I mean, who who in their right mind? I recognize there's a lot of people out there that need jobs, but who in their right mind is going to come to work for five hours for free? Right. Well, and 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 two, are engineers really well? Even if you're making six figures, but let's say your boss is making nine or ten. Maybe you should have a bigger share of that because you're the one that is doing the work that is bringing in the money for your boss off of your labor should have a little bit less of the profits from the labor that you're doing. 
doing? If you, you're this big fancy engineer making six figures, if your boss is making millions and billions of dollars, you're not getting your due. They're taking your due. They're taking. And one of the big things that's never talked about a lot is seniority. You know, seniority, the fact that, especially right now, there's going to be, you know, with the downturn uh, after the COVID, there's, there's going to be some cutbacks in different areas. Seniority is true. The ones that may have 30, 40 years of service mm-hmm. and keeping the younger guys. And there's nothing wrong with the young guys coming in. I, lo- I love to see the young guys come in. But the fact of the matter is they pick and choose depending on age because it mm-hmm. lowers their health care costs. It lowers uh, their... They're generally the younger people are making a little bit less money, maybe mm-hmm. in a lot of cases a lot less money. Right. So it lo- lowers their overall cost, but it hurts. I can tell you this, it hurts the workers on the floor. We lose experience because we rely on engineers mm-hmm. consistently. So seniority is tremendous. Putting that seniority into where you, if you've got the years in, you don't get laid off first. You get laid off last. Right, right. And, and I mean, seriously, that's like... The, like like Joe and Bill were talking about earlier, they don't see you uh, uh, nine times out of ten people. No, they, they don't see your customers as people. They don't see your patients as people. You are numbers on a spreadsheet, and their only job as CEO or as manager or as the boss is to make out the quality of the work. They want to make line go up and you have to make them care about things other than line go up the best and generally the only way to do that form a union form- like uh they were talking about the nurses was talking about earlier they have the support f- from the uh from a higher up union uh whether it be business representatives or territory staff or things like that they have the support and the knowledge to su- to help people on the floor, but the union is us. It, it is 100% democratic. The workers on the floor decide what they want. The workers on the floor vote on what they want. The, there's nobody telling the workers, you got to do this, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. The workers are reaching out, never told, hey, you got to do this. Right. And that's that's so important. And you can, like, there are so many different unions out there that have um, slightly different governance model. You can, as members of your workplace, you can choose the union that you want to represent you. You can choose, like, you get to create your contract. You, the members, the workers, are the creators of the union. If you don't like this, you can just choose not to do it. There's nobody that is going to make you do anything as a union. Nobody can. Nobody can make you be represented by this union or that union or do this or that thing. It is up to you. And with 30 seconds left to go, let's clear this up real quick. There is no union in the world going to force you to go on strike. Right. You vote to go on strike yourselves. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. 
but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality you're doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. Hometown Action is pleased to support the launch of the Valley Labor Report because they know that myself and David support their values. They're a power-building collective of small-town, rural, and working-class Alabamians fighting to build about them online by visiting their website, www.hometownaction.org, and on social media. Please join them in advocating for a stronger labor movement in Alabama. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is called 256-876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online quality of legal services provided by other law firms. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story. This is our last segment. want to give a shout-out to everybody listening. Thank you so much, my sweet wife, Lauren. We got some Wobblies up in Utica, New York listening to us. Uh, and, of course, our audience down here in Alabama. Thank you so much. We are doing... Hey, don't forget about my machinist brothers up in uh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. yeah. I'll back. And I seen a brother with the uh, iron workers over in Sheffield. Oh, uh, yeah. Benton. So the iron workers in, in uh, full support there as well. We thank you all over there. I know Hopefully we- there's some IBEW brothers over there in Sheffield. We got brothers and sisters across the state, across the nation as well. Maybe. So we've been doing some uh, some union myth busting, and the next myth that, that we want to tackle is that unions are corrupt. Just a blanket state off, right? Is that unions are human institutions? David and I both know that, right? They're not. No union is going to be perfect. No, no union is going to be like you're. You know, and. and there are going to be flaws in unions, and they're going to be flawed. And no doubt, you can give me an example of a union that has done terrible things or is doing terrible things. Surely, there's no companies. That's been, Surely, been there's no companies, though. No. And now, now here's 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 a good question: Why is it that the fact that companies 
hid the reality of climate change from us for decades. Companies hid uh, the reality of asbestos. tobacco, uh, uh, tobacco causing cancer for decades. They hid asbestos from us and responsible for the financial crisis in 2008. How many of them went to jail? Yeah, look, look at Wells How Fargo. Many? Yeah, look at Wells Fargo. Look at Wells Fargo. I mean, just absolutely corrupt. Putting people, signing people up for credit cards that's never even, yeah. they've never even talked to. How many of them, how many of them went to jail? None, right? I don't think anybody from Wells Fargo went to jail. Don't think any of the bankers. Here's the big difference. When unions are corrupt, they are, the officials are most often caught and they are most often, and they're punished and, and, and they, and they generally go to jail. They go, they go to jail and they do time and, and good, good, right? We don't want we don't want corrupt union officials out there running unions. We want them punished. But the but but that's like propaganda, okay? Yeah. Like as the, the treasurer for our state council, I, I handle all the checks coming in, all the money's going out, and I can tell you, you have no idea the amount of oversight that I have to go through, yeah. the hoops that I have to jump through, and the fact that, you know, anytime uh, a, a lot of times when people start talking about unions, they talk about, well, they're, they're donating money to the Democrats. Horse crap. Unions are federally banned from donating money to the Democrats. Anybody that tells you that is related to any political campaign because it's federally outlawed. Yeah. And so, so that's an important thing. I've been reading about um, the UAW. Um, that the the corruption that, that that's been going on there for for years, and they don't want a union. But if they have to have a union, they would much prefer buy them off. to buy them off buy and them to off. and to keep them complacent, keep the officials complacent, the members uh, unheard, part of a corrupt union. Pick a democratic union or make your union more democratic because. The members do not want their money going to go towards fighting for themselves and working people across the nation. And so the more say that they have over their union, the less corrupt it is. Acting details, but I guarantee you if they had been jumping through the hoops that we jumped through consistently as far as six-month audits of the books, that would have let somebody else handle it. Yeah. After a few years of somebody else handling it, you know, so people... people in their nature tend to get greedy the guy sitting there thinking well they'll never see this they'll never see right. that but the fact is had the union members in that unions are old-fashioned we've only got a little bit to talk about this so we'll try to knock it out pretty quick but the thing is that they say unions are old-fashioned they were once needed but they're not needed anymore it doesn't really matter and that is just that's just silly that I mean so many of these are just silly if you just stop and think about them for a second so look at income and wealth inequality since the sitch and the normal folks and it, you can correlate that directly with the decrease in union density in America. They are as relevant today as they have ever been. The, the, the gap between the rich and the not brought that into alignment. What was it after the Gilded Age that brought the, the insane wealth of the robber barons to heal, what was it that made them share their wealth with their workers? It was unions. Join a union, folks. Organize. Thanks for listening. This is the Valley Labor Report. You can find us online, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at the Valley Labor Report. 
If you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. WVNN Athens. WVNN FM Trinity.